0: The DeGray DFS, we were sceptical this morning because they come out, they were in a trading halt for a
1: capital raise.
0: Mate, the alarm bells were the going but The DFS dropped about an hour and a bit later.
1: We're looking at the cash flows now. There's an extra $300 an ounce. Uh, that gives you an extra roughly $1.7 billion in extra revenue. Your CapEx bill has gone up $300 billion. All in sustaining, it's gone up an extra Aussie $21 an ounce, which is worth about $120 million. Extra tax on that, $475 odd mil. And that leaves you with about $800 million in cash flows. But the DFS only shows, there's only an extra $400 million in pre-tax cash flow. So where where's this other $400 million going to?
0: Righto, Money
1: Miners, Thursday,
0: 28th of September. Mate, I'm, I'm absolutely bloody cooked after this. Two PFSs and oh, studies to go through today. <laughs> the big one. Oh, Jesus Christ. Now and, we actually uh, have to talk about them, uh, mate. Oh, I know. And <laughs> we've got our uh, newest employee joining the table today. Ali GC, welcome to your first um, yeah. interview as an employee as Money an employee, and Money. As an employee, it's
1: <laughs> <that's> been great.
0: <laughs> oh, send bloody, send bloody station. Right, today we're getting into Latin, we've got the Latin uh, Economic Assessment, we've got the DeGray DFS that's come out and then a bit of quick fire at the end, but those first two, uh, quick fire about 29 Metals, Minres and Gina Town, but the... Bulk of it's going to be Latin and de Grey. Awesome. Exciting stuff. Looking forward to ripping in. Oh, mate, can't bloody wait. Sponsors for today our great friends at JP Search. Ali, you bloody – they're spewing (laughs) with (laughs) – Sorry, guys. They're they're (laughs) spewing with Pinsture. Describe yourself and I guess why JP Search would place you somewhere.
1: Oh, I had a great chat with Xavier actually. He had all the ideas, all the connections and really – anything you needed to get placed in the finance industry, but um, money and mine just happened to jump in first. Were
0: were you close? Close. Close.
1: Very close.
0: Sorry, boys, but, uh, (laughs) hey, Ali won't be the last one we fought on. So, you know, if you're looking for a new finance gig and you're in that world, CFOs are preferable because they clip a bigger ticket, but get in touch with Saver and Michael. JP Search, great friends. Awesome. Cheers, JP Search. All righty, guys. Let's rip in. The De Grey DFS. JD, mate, we uh, we were sceptical this morning because they come out, they were in a trading halt for a capital raise right at the end of the quarter when the DFS was due, but – Thank God. Mate, the alarm bells were the going main, off. And red flags, <laughs> the smell test, everything was fucking going off in the office. We've got sensors when JD has a heightened level of anxiety, and but the DFS dropped about an hour and a bit later. That's it. So
2: sort of running a capital raising concurrent to the
0: DFS coming out.
2: So a bunch of info, hundreds of pages. As usual, we've gone through it and we've got to disclose first up. Ali GC is a shareholder. Ding, 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 ding. I love ding. it how he
0: got the oh, – <laughs> He picked up the notes he
1: picked, you put down. he love
0: yeah. it. <laughs> I, uh, okay, so for people that don't know, DeGray have the – is it the Melina, isn't it? I
1: think they're calling it the Hemi Gold Project. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they're yeah. just calling it the
0: Hemi so one. Right? The Hemi. the regional, but this regional. study
2: is purely focused on so We've got on like a on Melina,
0: Salina, Colina today <laughs> because we've got Latin too. So, okay, the Hemi Gold Project, it's up near Port Headland. It's absolutely – Bloody massive! This thing. So, yeah.
2: so from the PFS, they've stripped out the the regional parts. So this is Hemi only. They are going to be recovering five point seven million
0: ounces. So it's bloody huge. The uh, gold five hundred odd thousand ounces a year. So she's one of the biggest one of the biggest bigger discoveries in recent times in Australia. That's it. So mine life of twelve
2: years. That's down slightly from the previous study, the PFS, which had thirteen point six years. Strip ratios jumped up from six point one to six point six. All reserves have moved up from 5.1 million ounces to 6 million ounces. Now, starting to get into the the juicy stuff, what really matters. The MPV, using a discount rate of 5%, is up to 2.9 billion from a previous number of 2.7 billion. We flagged when we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago, I I don't know how the company justifies using a 5% Discount rate, Ali. You've been deep in in this world for a long time. I mean, the, the cash rates at a bit over four percent.
1: Yeah, no. If you've got a cash rate of four point one, you just I just don't see how you could be using a discount rate of five percent in this market. I would have thought something like a around that seven percent would have been more appropriate in the current environment. And mind you, Wilder Gray is an an amazing and oh the melon, uh, Hemi is an amazing all body. Um, it's not exactly an easy and uncomplicated project. You know, it's a it's a mammoth of a thing. So um, you got to have, I think, a bit more than 0.9% risk in that uh, discount rate, I would have thought.
0: Yeah, like the, the risk to achieve a um, 10 million ton run rate in, in with the, the ramp-up risk, especially when you've got pressure oxidation and, you know, 0.1 of a gram – is a lot of money at this, uh, whether it reconciles. So there is there is a bit of risk when it's this big and, and a bit lower grade and refractory. Yeah. So
2: And mind you, DeGray is not the only company that we've had this bone to pick with.
0: So the IR
2: is actually down from 41% to 36%. And you look at the payback period, that stayed the same at 1.8 years. And the, the way they've managed that is they've sort of rejigged the, the mine plan slightly. Brolgo, which is a sort of higher margin part of the the mine plan is going to be done first up hence you get those cash flows sooner so the payback period stays the same there's oh, a we'll few other f-
0: a, we'll put a picture up like it's pretty much five big pits yeah for the for the mine plan it's not one big pit it's like five so there's fucking gold everywhere
2: yeah and there's a few yeah. other aspects that obviously play into that payback period staying 1.8 years which we we'll get into as well but strategically it makes sense that they target that higher margin aspect that that part of the, of the mine plan to get those cash flows in early to keep that payback period down. So the CapEx, this is the big one, 1.05 billion is what it previously was. That was from the study from the PFS, which was done about a year ago, September 2022. It's now 1.35 billion, so up 28% in one year. So not entirely unexpected. You can't really hold the, the company to that. That's the environment we are in at the moment. Gold price assumption, that's jumped from 2400 Aussie dollars per ounce to $2,700 per ounce. So Ali, you had a look at what a few of the competitors done. What did you sort of pull up?
1: Yeah, so I had a look at the super pit expansion, had a look uh, that Northern Star's doing and Ramilis' Edna May stage three open pit study from earlier this year and West Gold's Great Fingal uh, study as well. And they all use 2600 Aussie gold price flat. Um, Grows using 2700, I would say it's probably about right. Yeah.
2: yeah. And the company, ref- uh, they, they sort of backed that by saying that the gold price when that initial study was done was 2500. And now they quote 2950. So let's get into cost now. The life of mine all in sustaining cost is up. Twenty-one Aussie dollars an ounce to thirteen hundred thirty-seven, so that that is yeah, more or, or less flat. It's more or less flat. Maddie, you had a, a little look at what the mining costs have done. Not a massive change either, right?
0: Well, I think we're asking, as you said, the capex has jumped by thirty percent um, due to labour inflationary reasons, as as per which is commonly known. But you look at the mining costs per ton of ore process, That's up six dollars. The grade since the PFS is down. 0.1 grams, the strip ratio has gone up from 6.1 to 6.6. And um, I guess I'm just probably seeking some clarification of how the oil and sustaining can stay pretty flat or maybe maybe those factors an, uh, aren't as influential over a 10 million ton operation, but I thought I thought they might be. Look, i just uh, – what do you guys think?
2: Probably a bit more of a, a rhetorical question back at you guys, but I, I'm not quite sure how the company's managed to maintain flat – costs on a on a mining basis on a processing basis whilst they've experienced the cost inflation that we've seen throughout the industry equated in the you know 28% jump so i don't have any Real clarification for you there, Maddie. But I'm, I'm sort of fascinated how the the companies managed to do that.
0: Ali GC, so you might be able to delve in. Yeah, you, you, you've you've <laughs> played with spreadsheets your entire life <laughs> in the in the IB world. What did you? What was your first takeaway?
1: No, my first takeaway is I was just wasn't sure how it sort of looks like the CapEx has experienced that the impacts of that cost inflation environment, but we haven't really seen the same in the OpEx, and it's just sort of. I'd be interested to find out some more about it or why. It doesn't appear to be immediately obvious to me.
2: Mm. So why don't we get into our sort of takeaways and what the, what the summary of the DFS is overall.
1: Yeah, I think the, I think the main thing is, all right, they've moved the gold price up $300 an ounce in line with the current, you know, pricing, which I think it's pretty fair but they've kept the discount rate at 5%, which is where they previously had it at with the PFS. Um, and I think they may have done that to sort of, um, you know, help the MPV still look a bit better with the with the higher uh, CapEx bill. But if you did run that model at a 7% discount rate, which in my opinion would probably be more appropriate in this current environment, you'd probably be looking at a, an MPV at that is equivalent or less than what the PFS was. Um,
2: Definitely agreed on that point.
1: So if you look at – if we're looking at the cash flows now, so uh, we know there's an extra $300 an ounce uh, uh, added to the gold price assumption, so $2,700 an ounce compared to the PFS. Uh, That gives you an extra roughly $1.7 billion in extra revenue. Then your CapEx bill has gone up $300 billion, uh, yeah, all in sustaining, it's gone up an extra Aussie $21 an ounce, which is worth about $120 million, plus some extra tax on that. So assuming a 30% tax rate, that's about 475 odd mil. And that leaves you with about $800 million in uh, uh, cash flows. But the DFS only shows, and I think we might put up a bit of a table here, that the extra 400 million there's only an Mm. extra 400 million in pre-tax cash flow so where where's this other 400 million dollars going to um is it growth capex is it exploration i'm really not sure i was just struggling to find where 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 that's going towards
0: and i guess what the point i had before about the increase in the mining cost because that an extra six bucks a ton over the life of mine at of all process at 10 million tonne a year, that's, that's what, 720 million. But you're going off that extra $21 an ounce of all in sustaining. I think it's, it's leaning towards it. mining, It yeah. feels like that all in sustaining should be a bit higher, which whether that would account for that 400 million or is that 400 million going towards cut packs, which as growth capital but not being included as sustaining capital. Oh yeah, who knows? Don't know. Be good to get the answer. De Grey, get in touch. <laughs> It's more, it's more out of curiosity. It's all, it's, it's just numbers, but far out. It's bloody mind boggled The Sasavi, hasn't it? Yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Maddie, you had to dive into the capital costs. What we really want to get into is, you know, this is a, a pressure oxidation circuit. It's mm. relatively unique in Australia. There's not too many, especially at a scale like this, that have done it. And you did a bit of a thumbs up analysis on whether the assumptions and the numbers they've put forward are, you know, re- reasonable, I guess.
0: Well, they've allocated one point three billion for the total project. Let's say one point one billion of that's for the processing side. Remember, you've got camps, you've got workshops, you've got offices, you've got bloody shitloads of stuff. And with that, they're proposing to build a ten million tonne per annum crushing grinding flotation circuit, then an eight hundred thousand tonne pox circuit. That's the pressure oxidation to deal with the refractory component, then then you've got eight cyanide leach tanks and every other bit in the middle plus all the other processing infrastructure and you can see it by the big processing flow sheet that you won't be able to probably zoom in enough to find any info on anyway <laughs> but northern star quoted one and a half billion to expand their kcgm operation by 14 million ton capacity they look there and they've probably got a lot of infrastructure already in place they do include a. Uh, a New ultra fine grinding circuit, but they don't have any pox circuits. And f- from what I've been told, the pox circuits can be a considerable part of the cost of what a total milling circuit is. The yeah, pox, they component. don't come cheap, no. So, look, eyes will be on the future if they can look build a 10 million ton pox plant for just over one billion dollars. And the company, if f- they even build it somewhere, we'll get to that bit later. So,
2: <laughs> yeah, and the company flags a plus or minus 15% accuracy on these numbers, sort of DFS standard. So let's get into the raising. 300 million bucks, tranche one, 246 million, and the remaining 54 will need shareholder approval, which would come through in November. Gold Road, they are the major shareholders in De Grey prior, and they're taking themselves up to 19.9%. So that is $65 million of the raise, Quite quite a big chunk. And they had... From uh, the last cash balance that we saw, 157 million, so they should be able to cover that. No worries. The, the pro- so
0: they're maintaining their nine, nineteen aren't they? That's they were right.
2: Yeah. before, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. So the share price they're doing that at is interesting. The company is trading, or when they last traded yesterday, at a year-to-date low. So they've been trading well over a buck thirty, over a buck forty, touching a buck sixty earlier this year. Much to your dismay, as, as yes. a shareholder, Ali, <laughs> they went into halt at a dollar eleven, and they're raising at a dollar five. So that's a it's a bit of a hit to have to do it at such a price. The price just took a big dive. Can't really explain why. No real announcements aside from the annual report that came out two weeks ago, but um, it's just trailed off a bit.
0: Um, what are they? What's the
2: use of funds? They're saying for this three hundred million. The the use of funds is interesting, Maddie, and there's a bit of a. Gripe that I've got, and it's not exclusive to DeGray here. So, general working capital and placement costs is the the big ticket item, one hundred forty six million dollars.
0: And what you want a bit more? That's, that that's, you need that, more
1: detail on that. If that's almost that's bigger than diff-
0: most com- companies' market cap. Yeah,
1: <laughs> you need I more mean, detail. Fifty percent of the of the actual um, placement size. Yeah, in one line, item. And companies should start
2: to break out what the placement costs are. It's it's just a,
0: maybe a, they don't know yet. But they'd like <laughs> the cash in the bank to make a make a decision.
2: You're not really going to spend that much money without without knowing. 54 million is going to exploration, which is kind of interesting given where they are in their in their life cycle. So I mean looking at the, the classic LaSon curve, they're starting yeah. to hit that top of the, the first cycle. They've they've had all the excitement from exploration. They've discovered a world-class asset. And now they're getting to the real stuff. They have to build it and turn this into a business that makes money. So I think
0: they've actually gone past that. Like as you said, by the share price decline, they're probably going past that point now.
2: Yeah, they're they're starting to get into the real stuff. The the DFS and the construction period is when there's, you know, a lot more potential downside than potential upside. So the way I see that exploration budget is to maintain some sort of upside. But it is kind of interesting that they allocate because you know, fifty-four million. It's not an insignificant amount of money.
0: No, when well, you look at that's pretty much what uh, Spartans' uh, their funding was after the. That's how much their money they had in the bank to you know fund a full year of expiration to prove up that ore body. So, is this going to be? Yeah, it's a it's a lot of money.
2: Yeah, and but, when you look at it like materially, what are the changes going to be? Unless they discover something else that is just ginormous that completely changes it, it's only going to change the you know it's going to add years at the back end which you're not going to see the cash flows for a long time or if they're you know yeah if they're at depth you're still not going to see those cash flows for a long time so at least uh,
0: even if even if it's like for the purpose of exploring deeper to i guess prove up a underground mining option that could occur concurrently with the pit that's that'd be still years away like at least if you're going to prove up something that big to do with it, it's going to, that could be three years away. Um, but I guess are they are they going to use that deeper drilling like it? They did say that there's been minimal drilling below 400 meters RL, and the base of the the pits are going down to 390. So are they going to explore deeper to prove a bit more up to dress it up for someone else that might come along Potentially. that might fit the fit the funding and fit the. Uh, Yes, the, the bigger player job. The, the that's sort a of risk profile with mm, a we'll get to the thing of this scale. Hold on for the speculation rate later, Money mourners. You know, we love it. Right, do you reckon this is the last raise, guys? No.
2: No. Ali, you did a bit more analysis than just no up front. <laughs> <laughs>
1: nah, next. That's it. Nah, so, all right, if you look at the CapEx bill, $1.35 billion, Um, you obviously need – Working capital and money between now and actually constructing this thing. So I think they're
0: pretty set there based on the y- 150 they're yeah. we allocating to it.
1: So, say say another 150 of working capital, let's call it $1.5 billion. Um, the investor presentation released today um, by DeGray indicated that based on the PFS, they've got an approximate $800 million funding capacity that's been sort of indicated to them by prospective financiers. So let's roll with that as a thumbs up.
0: But is that is that not – has that been updated for this or that was based on the PFS? That was based on
1: the PFS, so that will probably have some revisions with the new outcomes from the DFS.
0: So that has the potential potential to get bigger.
1: Potential to get bigger yep. or smaller, yep. yep. Um, they've recently raised the 300 mil – Equity and they've got about 84 million in uh, cash uh, at the moment, of which arguably some of that will certainly go to that capex bill with long lead items and early works and things like that. So, but by the time you do the calcs, there's still another say four to five hundred million dollars required to cover the capex bill and some assumed working capital to get to construction. So is it going to be a royalty? Is it going to be a stream? Is it going to be another capital raising or a a combination of all three? A lot of investment bankers
2: will be pricking up now. There's a a big raising to come in the future. I think if there's any possibility they sell the thing, which I'm sure we'll get into in in predictions, they wouldn't want to put a royalty on it because their prospective buyer in the future would be livid because that royalty doesn't go away when the owner of the asset changes. So... I can't imagine they'd go down that route, although maybe they'll surprise us.
0: Unless they pay the royalty out. Yeah. That'd suck. But <laughs> <laughs> right, let's get into a couple well, of predictions. Well, I think, yeah, and I think we've come to the establishment. It's a fucking unbelievable deposit. It's going to be a great mine. Um, yeah, I want, to, little, I want to know what you think. Little about doubt that. Who's going to do it?
2: Yeah, little doubt that it's going to be a mine, right? Mm. That uh, seems to be a, a foregone conclusion.
0: Here, who's going to mine it, though? What do you reckon, J.D.? What's your uh, things? What's your thoughts on a big 10 million ton operation and a company like this doing and themselves? Likely or unlikely? I'll have a
2: punt and say, sure, let's say in three years' time, who's going to be the owner of it, I'll have a guess, Barrick.
0: Barrick. Ali G.C., what do you reckon? always oh. like to leave myself last so I, don't, I don't don't have, some of your <laughs> ideas. I
2: don't have much backing. That's just a, a real...
1: See, yes. oh, yeah, See, Barrack was kind of my one as well. Um, you do have, you do have your other guys like. Oh well, yeah. Well, Newcrest is kind of gone, so that's. Um, yep. Hey, that's my yeah.
0: table. You're looking yeah. at there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, it's just oh, it's it's in my in my mind. It's most certainly not De Grey um, to be operating an operation of this scale and and nature. Um, you know. Someone who's done it before. So what's your guess? I'm going to say Barrick as well. Sorry, JD. And
0: I think looking at, and this was in the DFS, the the other companies that have operated um, successfully applied pressure oxidation to their mine sites. And, yeah, look, we've got a refractory episode coming out next week with uh, Refractory Rob or Preg Rob, we call him. And it just like... (laughs) refractory all bodies are not a common thing but you look at this list here and some of the key players like barrack and newmont have a lot of experience in it um by the looks and look with the newmont newcrest thing merging uh just yeah it reeks of one of those big players taking this on like you can you can talk about the australian based ones northern star and evolution look evolution do have red lake as you can see there but would they want to take the take the risk of? Um, look, you'd have to pay what three billion to take over the company. You then you then got to put in what one one point uh, three could blow out to two billion dollars capex to then build it. So that's a that's, that's a, a lot big, of money, big commitment. And would they want to take the risk on the press, pressure oxidation? It looks like it's in the hand of either a Barrick or a Newmont. So, so you have to say Newmont. I'll Mon just say too. Newmont. Yeah. I'll just say Newmont. Just just due to the the flow with the Newcrest merger and especially if Well we can't all some, pick the same thing. Especially if the um, the new some Newcrest some assets come out the arse end of that, like if Telfer comes out and gives them a bit of cash. Not that it's probably insignificant at Newmont, but um yeah think They might look to make a play. I'll go Newmont. Awesome. Because I was a fucking long winded. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Let's rip into Latin resources. So they came out with a preliminary economic assessment. In their words, robust. Robust. We'll be the judge of that.
0: Mate, it wasn't, uh, yeah, well, I won't give it away early what we think. But um, look, for the their money miners, they've got the Kalina Lithium Project in Brazil. So that's got a mineral resource. So of that's hard rock. Hard rock. SPOD. The guy with the rock wins, Mr. Ellison reckons. 45 million tonne at 1.3% lith. It's 80Ks away from Sigma Lithium's Grota... Oh, fuck, can you say that, J.D.? Grota do oh, fuck, <laughs> I, wouldn't have, I
2: wouldn't have even gotten close. So we had a chat about them Got putting them. themselves up for sale. Yeah, So
0: that and that's um, now in production. So what What, what was the go there? What happened there again? Pretty that? much put
2: themselves up for sale. They are big, big TSX-listed asset who said they've attracted bids and they're going to make a decision by the end of the year
0: oh there you go yeah I forgot about that no no we have talked about that so okay while now while Latin have been approaching this maiden study they've had a, they had a real good share price run up to about 42 cents but in the last two months they've they've really retreated so they and they're down 10 percent earlier today sitting back at 23 cents on the back of this back of this study so and my, a lot of other lithium stocks were actually up so I guess. It's a bit of that sort is of. Is it a common thing, J.D., to sort of see that on studies? There's there's more risk of it going down than staying and or going up.
2: Yeah, that's right. Kind of like we spoke about with the grey there, reality starts to bite and it's not always bad but it just means there's less excitement, less upside and you need to turn the thing into an actual company that makes money and that takes a bit yeah. of risk to get there.
0: So these guys use the 8% NPV, guys. Tick there. NPV, two and a half bill. All these figures are in US dollars. So I'm just going to say dollars. I don't want to say US at the start of everything. An IRR of 132%, nice and high, but we'll get into that. 11-year mine life and they'll produce it. At the life of mine annual production rate is 405,000 tonnes of 5.5% spodgamine concentrate and then an additional 123,000 tonne of 3% spodumine concentrate now it's a it's a we'll get into what these two different spods as well but we'll get it's a higher irr but they state that the stage two capex will be funded by future ca- cash flow so it's another example where they are they've they're splitting up the capex into two stages and i guess with the time value of money the irr will be a bit higher Than normal because you're not they're not deploying all the construction capital right at the start. They deploy it over three years instead of one, and you can see that in those grey boxes here. So it wouldn't it wouldn't drop it significantly, but it's just something to keep in mind of when companies do do it in stages. Yeah, and we've seen capital investment,
2: and we've seen a bit more of that lately. Quite a few companies come to mind. Hastings did it when the the sort of capex starts to blow. You start breaking it up into a couple stages. Yep. so Maddie, break it down. that uh, phase one capex I saw was US 253 and then phase two.
0: Was a- pay, yeah, paid for the with the future earnings. so yep, that, and that, that's only 55 million. so deferred capital that and that'll lift the production capacity to five near, a bit over half a million tonne per annum of five and a half spot and that extra 159000 of the 3% concentrate. So, And they said there's a potential phase 3 ex- expansion that will be reviewed in the DFS. So there's a lot, a lot of uh, further opportunity there. Pretty high stripping ratio, but um, 17.6 to 1 degree we've talked about was 66 Um yeah, 17.6 is getting to that that higher level. Remember, I think Essential, the Pioneer Dome, there are about 21 or something around there. But, you know, Develop's looking to acquire that. So you'd anticipate that when it starts getting to that really, that higher number, that's when underground becomes a bit more beneficial than compared to open pit. So, yeah, a bit on the higher end, but it's uh, it's, it's just a production risk. So I guess, yeah, 3.6 million tonne per annum plant, for the ore and 17.6 times that amount for the waste, going to be a lot of dirt to move.
2: Big, big earth moving exercise.
0: Yeah. So look, and everyone talks about, everyone's hot on the the long-term pricing price decks that they use. So look, the weighted average real price is assumed for each product. So that's weighted against the production rate of each year that they predict that they're selling it. Um, for the five and a half spod, sixteen ninety nine per ton. So and then nine twenty-seven for the three percent. But so if you convert that sixteen ninety-nine uh to see where that's sitting, if you convert that to an SC six equivalent, that's eighteen fifty three. So I guess that's in line with Albemarle. They fully valued Line Town at nineteen hundred per ton on an SC six basis long term. So look that's um yeah. So it's, Spot on the money compared to what Albemarle are offering in Linetown. So yeah, let's let's get into that processing, Matty,
2: because it's not very common that we've seen companies put forward that they're going to produce mm. a Spodcon five point five as well as a three. So yeah,
0: so it's sort of like this intermediary met- intermediate method. So you got there's a, there's a DMS circuit, so that's the dense media separation for the for the money miners that don't know dense media that that's applies to the coarse grained Spodamine, the easy shit to get out but it doesn't recover the fine-grained. So that'll, that's predicted to recover 67% of the, uh, the spodumene for that, and that'll produce the 5.5% spodumene concentrate. Then there's a spiral circuit after this. That will capture a further 11% of the finer-grained material, so essentially out of the tails, to then produce a 3% spodumene product. So I guess I'm pretty sure after this, uh, we, when we went to the Pilgangora um, site visit there they had their tantalum recovery circuit so that was a step in between the DMS and the flotation circuit and it was just this big tall spiral thing it was another way to it was how they separated out the tantalum based on based on the size so i, I assume that spiral setup this spiral thing is is similar to that so there's it's it seems like it's an intermediate thing by instead of having the flotation circuit which um yeah, so the fl- flotation circuits you see at Pilgangora, Wadgena and Bushes, So that, that ensures, I guess, a higher recovery so they can capture that finer material, finer grain spodumene. But then you've got your operations like Mount Catlin, uh, Coors, Finnis and to my knowledge Mount Mar- Mount Marion because I think they've struggled with their flotation circuit. They are essentially a DMS only. So that's why you saw a lot of poor recoveries out of Mount Catlin and Coors uh, out of Finnis, uh, in the previous financial year because they couldn't capture that finer material so so to kind of some the big trade it's a capex trade-off uh, it, it, do you want to spend the money on a flotation circuit to ensure the higher recovery or do you want to take the gamble and in- try and make sure you get as much out of the DMS circuit
2: yeah and that coarser grain spodumene
0: is more amenable to just having that's just DMS only yeah yeah, yeah. If, it,
2: if you're sort of blessed with that sort of
0: and that's and it seems to be like the Canadian North American, stuff it seems like that's all amenable to dms only but yet to yet to see many many yep. operating so you get a good uh sure, we'll see good over the next represent few years. good bloody uh sample size on that one so um oh look transportation costs that was another thing another little interesting one they stipulated 120 bucks a ton to ship the con uh that's uh cost insurance and freight all to china but they have said that could reduce to eighty-eight bucks a ton, if shipped to a converter in North America. So, offtake options will be looked at in the DFS. So you would you would think that they would want to be sending that concentrate to America. It's just there. It's not far <laughs> it's up. China's right right yeah. fucking ages away. Like, that'd be the most logical thing to send it to bloody North Carolina or something. So yeah,
2: it's all about where the uh, capacity downstream true. is. True.
0: Who knows? That's
2: it's a whole other conversation. The highest
0: bidder. So look, Latin, uh, they're driving. Like one of the their point they're driving is that Bra- Brazil is a jurisdiction. It's it's low cost for both power and labour, and also the, the DMS and spiral circuit and low impurities. Uh, going to help with uh, driving down the operating costs. So I guess yeah. if you if you compare the capex and the opex to the peers, like looked at the latest uh, Canaccord note today, they they that stated that they had a capital intensity of 760 bucks a ton for the spodumene concentrate. So peer average is around thousand bucks. So favorable there, and their opex was at. Uh, 550 bucks a tonne and that pretty sits a, pretty low on the cost curve with uh, the peer averages at around 700. So look, consider that the, the strip ratio of 17.6 to 1, they must be pretty reliant or pretty positive they're going to have low cost of labour and power in Brazil mm. to, so that, to offset that high stripping. And the ratio. company emphasises that they've got
2: hydropower nearby, which yeah. supports that low, low power cost mm. and then I guess cheaper, cheaper labor than you've got here in Australia.
0: Well, look, and even if there there was issues with the strip ratio, the cost of waste movement and the labor, even if the mining cost increased by fifty percent, that would act add an extra one hundred and sixty dollars per ton cost per um, ton of concentrate. Look, they quoted their total cash costs, which look that includes freight and royalties as well, at five hundred and thirty six that we mentioned before. So, look, if you do a weighted average of those. Sp- Spodger concentrate prices over the production rates, the five and a half and the three percent, it comes out at an average price for the con to be fifteen hundred and nineteen dollars a tonne. So there's still a lot of bloody wiggle room on the actual cost. So, look, if the cash cost went up to seven hundred bucks total per tonne, that's still a hundred percent margin. So yeah, a lot of a lot of wiggle room on the cost at these prices that they're going to still make shitloads of money. It appears.
2: Yeah, and that's that's cash cost. So we always uh, familiar with seeing actual cost. You know, once everything is incorporated, being a bit higher. But if lithium prices remain where they are it should be able to make money. Well, you
0: look, but you look at the, if you want to talk about all the costs, like they, they say the, the 55 million predicted for the stage two CapEx, that's going to come out of future cash flows. But that, that 55 million is an absolute piss in the ocean compared to the, they're predicting to make an action an average of 164 million free cash flow per year for the first three years. So that considerably covers that amount of CapEx. So um, yeah, I don't know. It looks, uh, they're, they're, anticipating the DFS has come out first half of 2024, FID second half of 2024 and first production in second half of 2026. Yeah, I just so, had
2: one more comment on it, Maddie. I noticed that they said accuracy plus or minus 35%, which, you know, they call this a, a PEA. You kind of equate that to a PFS here in Australia, but 35% accuracy is not what you'd think for a PFS in Australia. That's that's less Accurate than what a, a classical scoping study is in Australia, so we normally use thirty percent plus or minus for a scoping study. So, yeah, yeah, a bit more work to be done on on that one to refine all the inputs.
0: Yeah, and no, look from from what I hear, like it sounds like Brazil is a very good jurisdiction. Like it's, um, yeah, it sounds like it is a very favourable mining pro mining jurisdiction where this is word on the decline. Yep, they have a – it. Uh,
2: absolutely. Yeah, agreed.
0: Right, let's let's rip through the last few. God, I gotta get me fucking breath back after all that. <laughs> Jesus Christ, just kicked me for a waffle on allergy. <laughs> so, twenty nine metals have completed their retail entitlement offer. J JD, we I remember discussing it, saying, I wonder how many. What percentage of the retail entitlement will be taken up by the retail how much mate we got our answer 10 percent. 10 percent. i did say i wonder if 50 percent G, so you would be all over this shit this is your bloody talk about niches oh, oh, love how, did, it. how did it all work with the, the the underwriting and everything and the fact that there was a lot retail uptake but they still got the coin in the door how did it all work
1: yeah so basically uh the um, 29 medals had a underwriting agreement with the the JLMs, Macquarie and Jarden. Uh, so what happens is these guys often uh, they can take on that underwriting risk uh, the, themselves as principal, or they can sub underwrite. Uh, That risk out effectively. So in this twenty nine medals scenario, the retail entitlement offer was twenty nine million dollars. Only ten percent of that, two point nine, was actually taken up by retail shareholders. So the balance, say twenty six million dollars, would have gone straight back to the underwriters and their sub underwriters to take up. So um, almost uh, almost a full fill for them. Yeah. Right. So does
0: it say who? So who the sub-underwriters
1: were? No, nah, that's usually at the discretion of the underwriters and the company. Okay,
0: so we yeah. don't know they were if they were a part of EMR or not, or yeah. most likely not.
1: So uh, with AMR, they took up uh, essentially their pro rata position but uh, I think a couple of their group entities uh, uh, basically didn't take up their entitlement but a, another – EMR group entity essentially underwrote the the difference in that position so that the EMR group in total maintained their 40-something-odd percent position yep. post the entire entitlement offer.
0: Jeez, balls deep. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's rip through the last bit, JD. Yeah, you go couple first, more, I'll go second.
2: A couple more stories just to touch on quickly. We saw Gina, well, we appears to be Gina, another couple percent of Liontown's stock crossed, roughly $100 million worth. So, I mean – I've got a bit of a rhetorical question. Why Why did she have to wait until Albemarle made their sixth bid for the company to finally decide that she's so interested in getting involved? It's kind of interesting to me.
0: But that one's for another date, I reckon. What do you reckon, Ella? Do you reckon she's trying to – yeah, you educated me on the scheme of arrangements.
1: Yeah. But she's
0: got some sway.
1: Oh, no, she's definitely got some sway. And that she she doesn't seem to be slowing down by any means, so – um, who knows, maybe she's trying to trying to edge her way in there and, and keep uh, Kathleen Valley in, a, in Australian hands. Who knows?
2: Yeah, we'll see. And last one to touch on, Minres, they look all set to scoop up Bald Hill or Bald Hill as, as Maddie would say. <laughs> so the terms aren't released yet and we're keen to talk about this a bit more once it all gets revealed how much has actually been paid and whatnot. We've seen a few notes come out from the uh, – the, the receivers and the administrators who've been working close to this one but we'll give it the time it deserves when a bit more info comes out
0: well oh, just buddy oh, sorry I was on the bloody file. I was just checking because we recorded after market to see if there was any more um, any more cross trades on line town that Miss Reinhardt was doing again but none today. Doesn't appear. The last one, one come out yesterday at ten past four, but I can't see any. I looked pretty quick, but <laughs> might, might eat me words there. Right, <laughs> uh, that'll do. Good, great, great bloody. Ge- Ali JC, hey. thanks very much for stepping in. Uh, and that was, uh, always, as always, fucking valuable insight.
1: Oh, always you. adding value. You got to put strategy. You got to pull
0: your weight now. I got to pull you you your weight you're, now. You're, you're getting paid <laughs> for this shit. So. <laughs> <I love laughs> no couple, uh, couple partners to thank. Oh, we've got five of the bastards, and we're, we're keeping on forgetting the order, mate. JP Search at the start of the show. Anytime Exploration services. K Drill, Smack Power, and Technology, and our great friends at Terra Capital. Thanks very much for your support. Oh, cheers, guys. Hodoroo. Hodoroo money. Hoot-a-roo.